0: Hey, it's Coach Kate here, registered dietitian and owner of R.D. Kate Sports Nutrition. As a member of the LCC Stars Athletic Department, I teach our athletes what to eat and when to eat it on training days, competition days, and throughout the year. For over a decade, I've been helping athletes of all sports and levels meet their goals. R.D. Kate Sports Nutrition offers individual consulting, team services, on-demand courses, and downloadable handouts. For more information, visit rdkate.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to Coach Cuts Corner. Lansing, go, go, go. Streaming bright from Michigan's Capital City, this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, and the why of mental performance, personal growth, and Lansing Stars Baseball.
1: On the
0: Coach Cuts Corner, brought to you by IWASH. In I-I-Wash.
1: collaboration with Lansing Community
0: College. And now here's your host, Stephen Cutter. Welcome back to Coach Cut's Corner. Today I'm joined in studio with Coach Boyer, and we have sophomore right handed pitcher Blake Gedrich in the house. Thanks for joining me today, fellas.
1: Of course, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the podcast. I felt it was about time I get invited on here. Yeah, first,
0: I believe you're the first pitcher to be on uh, Coach Cuts Corner, so congratulations on breaking the seal on that. Thank Um, you much. You were uh, quite the high school uh, phenom, huh? Do you want to talk about a little bit of where you went and some of your experiences?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, initially from Southfield, Michigan, moved to Farmington Hills when I was five years old so i've been yeah. raised in farmington my whole life graduated in 2022 from north farmington high played wow. baseball all four years football my freshman year and then i realized maybe that wasn't for me but yeah so that's where i stand on that so 2022 how much did uh covet affect you in sports pretty significantly i'd say so my sophomore year was COVID. so that would have been my first year on varsity i made the varsity team And I remember vividly, tryouts happen. We're walking through the hallways, we see the sheet of who made varsity, who Mm -hmm. made JV. I was ecstatic to see I made varsity, and two days later, we're in a lockdown. And what we thought it was gonna be three weeks, right? Two weeks, a couple weeks weeks change, and -hmm. then turned into months on months. Mm -hmm. So
0: I think the COVID affected everybody you know, not only individuals, but businesses and everything else. And everybody seems to have some kind of story and some kind of memory. And I think in a lot of ways, it's, you know, it's the same thing we talk about in our program. It's not so much what happens to you, but how you respond to it. And in a lot of ways, I think um, our world's gotten better because of it. And we've become more aware of things. And we also found that we can do things in different ways than what was conceived possible before, you know, and so... I think, um, you know, you, you learned how to go to class online. And, mm-hmm. you know, how many how many classes do you have online
1: right now? Uh, three classes online right now. So do you have any in person? No. Yeah. Well, one's a hybrid. So, so I go one. Partial. Yeah. Partial. Mm-hmm. So what
0: point did you know that you wanted to play baseball beyond high school?
1: I would say I knew that I wanted to play baseball beyond high school. Honestly, it was within the realm of COVID becoming super relevant. I would say after my season was shut down, I figured it out and I knew I was locked in. And that's when I kind of understood not what it took, but I understood that I had to put in a significant more amount of effort and time and just overall intentionality towards Mm -hmm. my goals. And if that were to be playing college baseball, then I needed to make a change. And I think that's where it started and I think it paid off to a pretty solid extent so far. It's still working.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, trying to understand what that takes, I'm, I'm not sure many kids do know at those ages what it takes to play at the college level. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what sport it is. It's, it's so significantly different than most of them assume. You know, and I regularly meet with our players. You know, if I met with you today, Blake, it's going to take me a couple of weeks, but I'll get back with you. And, right. you know, two weeks later, we're meeting again. And I think one of the things that I continue to ask is, like, our freshmen is, you know have you ever been played this much baseball in your life before you know and, and it's always no i mean never have had this so mm-hmm. the preparation it's not just baseball it's the classes it's the community stuff it's the expectations and scheduling and i'm sure you know even coach boyer you know you coming from the facility world it's it's been a pretty significant change and i know i hear you occasionally talking about um I'm overwhelmed or not so much overwhelmed, but like I, I trying to get this caught up. I can't quite get it done. I don't necessarily have enough time. And, you know, I tell you the same thing I tell everybody else. Everybody's got 24 hours in a day. It's, you know, what, what are you going to do with it? Um, But it's probably been significantly different time for you too, right?
2: Yeah. It's definitely different when you're, when you're managing just a team, Mm -hmm. you know, it's different than going from individual to individual and, just practice plans every day weight room every day and the other the other mm. side of it is like the like each guy personality wise the human know, connection yeah yeah. The, yeah it's a the team atmosphere very different so, and then trying to put together all that data when you don't have systems in place mm. that's a lot of that's a lot of work so I uh I undervalued how Important it was to have just a system that punches everything out for you, and then you just get to read it and make the player better as opposed to somebody doing all of it mm-hmm. themselves.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the beauty of junior college baseball.
2: Yeah. What about when you were younger? Were you, um,
1: were you quite the phenom for baseball? I would say I would, I've always been an above-average player. Were you a doubt. pitcher? I was two-way. Okay. I mean, well, I guess you didn't even call it two-way back in the younger uh-huh. days, but I mean, utility. I was all over the place. I used to be an infielder, played a little outfield, dabbled there, but I always knew pitching was my passion. Uh, I love to throw things a little bit more than I love to swing the bat, but yeah, I definitely used to play infield third, short a little bit when I was a lot younger, but up and throughout my whole high school career, I played third base every day, so... What was your
0: baseball recruiting like coming you know, through high school and out of high school?
1: So my recruitment wasn't crazy by any means, but it started picking up throughout the end of my junior year to senior year. I had various assortment of offers from junior colleges in Michigan. Most of my looks were in state, so junior colleges in Michigans, and then I had some looks from some D2 and D3 mm-hmm. schools in Michigan, so... That's when it picked up and then I believe I made my decision to come to Lansing November 1st or November 2nd of my senior year. So I was committed pretty early into my senior year and I was super happy with the fact that I was going to be a star. How did you find Lansing? Well, how I found Lansing is different than how I found you. I obviously followed Lansing. I had known what they had been doing the prior year, two years before you being hired Mm -hmm. and then I remember actually I was sitting on with my buddy's couch and I saw I think it was a Twitter post of you announcing your hiring to be the next coach at Lansing. Okay. And I think Coach Mo was mentioned in that. I don't as well. Maybe, I don't think I know the story.
0: Not. So well. I'm a little uncomfortable right now. So
1: so I remember seeing your post and maybe Mo's post or at least his inclusion okay. in the post. All right. I remember I followed both of you. Got follows back and I sent a very similar DM to the both of you. Okay. With just so copy and paste. Because that, that's, that's, that's what kids do copy and paste. Yeah. Right. But I figured it was okay because I was reaching out to the same school. So <laughs> yep. I let you and Mo know why I was interested in Lansing, my metrics, yep. sent video, and that was all over Twitter. And then I think I. I don't even know if you responded to me or not. You may have. Probably not. But Mo definitely hit me back. Uh, I talked to Mo. We talked on the phone a couple times. Mo had me come to the camp, which is where I picked up my initial offer with uh, one of my friends, Bob Butler, Mm -hmm. who also happens to be on the Stars. So Bobby Butler, baby. But yeah, so picked up my offer at the camp and then... After that I came on another visit when I was still hitting. I know you remember that because you offered me to continue to hit here, but then I didn't hit my whole I think I was being nice. Oh I hit good that <laughs> I hit good that day. Okay. I remember I was with Bobby. i are gonna have to see this. Mm-hmm. Lefty you can swing? Lefty. Oh.
0: So you're a sophomore here now. What was your freshman year like coming in to a team that was obviously really good? Mm-hmm and a huge time commitment difference. Right. You know, and first time away from home. What was your whole experience like your freshman year?
1: So, I'd say my freshman year was legitimately a roller coaster. Okay. And this is something I've shied away from now and I've been a lot better at controlling it, but my highs were really high and my lows they were pretty low. So, I've gotten a lot better at why staying do why do you healing. think
0: they were why were you on a roller coaster?
1: Just new environment, being an eighteen year old kid coming into a highly touted college baseball team is I mean, it's oftentimes a roller coaster for most freshmen. Did well in the fall, threw through pretty well. And, and then we had a pretty extreme fall. We did too, right. We, we had were on the road a fall. lot, a lot of games. Twenty eight, you know, right? Yeah. Twenty eight. So twenty eight fall games. I think I I pitched pretty well especially against the best teams we played so I was pretty happy with how my fall went especially being super new and fresh to the scene of college baseball and especially us playing all those four-year schools last year Mm -hmm. I mean it was a was a welcome to college moment and um, there's nothing else I can say about that but so I thought that was pretty special to be able to experience that and then later in the year I had a solid winter I felt I was progressing accordingly. But things, once they got to the spring, I kind of, I had a couple rough outings and kind of just fell into a rut almost mentally where I was just struggling with myself, with my mental state, confidence, all the above. And I just... Belief system, basically. Belief system, Mm -hmm. 100%. So my belief system was just skewed in every direction, mostly negative ones. So... I struggled there for sure, and we had our conversations last year, and that led me into summer ball, where I had a pretty good summer, and then came back here and had a pretty good fall, too. played for the Clippers. Yeah, Muskegon Clippers. Shout out to the Clips. Mm -hmm. And then um, you
0: did end up getting hurt there. Yep. Hurt your knee, which then you came into fall ball, where you had to kind of wait a little bit, you know, but... Outside of the physical piece, what's
1: been the biggest changes
0: for you now in year two?
1: So the biggest changes now me being a sophomore, I would say, honestly, the strength and consistency of my belief system. Last year, it wavered. Like I said, my highs were high, my lows were low. So I wasn't consistent with my thought processes. I wasn't consistent with my physical processes, what I was doing when I was actually out there throwing And I most definitely wasn't consistent with my belief system itself. So I believe I was all over the place. I definitely believe I have that intact now. And I'm working to strengthen it and keep it consistent each and every day. So me being consistent with my processes, whether that be when I'm going to bed, if it's me in game, when I'm taking a deep breath, when I'm breathing, when I'm saying my final TIF, thought, image, feeling... um, regardless I've been consistent and that's yielded me consistent results so I'd say that's the biggest separator between me this year and last year and it's working so I'm gonna keep doing it
0: yeah it's really good just hearing you talk about some of that stuff you've grown so much and in a lot of ways that's what we expect here we expect you to get better and give all of our players a lot of tools and in a lot of ways, it's not so much how much they're given, but how they respond to it. And, right. and you've done a really good job, but you've had your fair share of challenges. You talked about low points and, and you didn't play or pitch at certain times and you struggled to, you know, whether you were good enough and all that stuff. And then, you know, things start to change as you start stacking bricks in a, in a good way. And you had a really, really good, good fall for us and I think some really big things are on the horizon for you and we don't say that because you're a sophomore we say that because you've done a lot of the right things challenges um high school you probably didn't get a whole lot of because most kids don't a whole lot of mental performance stuff right yeah next to none Mm -hmm. so and that and that's fairly normal and then you know, you, you start hearing things like, you got to be mentally tough. You got to be mentally tougher, you know, figure it out. You got to be tougher. And in and, and a lot of ways, kids typically aren't given the tools on how to do that. They might be told they need to get mentally stronger, or mentally tougher, or you know, figure things out, but they don't necessarily know how to do that. And I see that, you know, not just baseball, but a lot of levels. So, those processes, how have you used some of those that we've taught and, and how do you think that helps you be different?
1: Okay, so something that's been super big and something that I know you've touched on almost daily recently is your response. How are you mm-hmm. going to respond? Outcome plus response equals, no, I've got it wrong. Math, Event. E event plus R plus equals O. Response equals outcome. Yep. Excuse me. But yes, so I found it super beneficial to at least work on how I'm responding, thinking before doing. And that's something I've struggled with for a long time. I mean, I've heard it from my dad for years. Okay. I'm, I'm an emotional person. For as long as I've known, I've reacted on feelings. And lately, I've been able to think. Okay. At least process what I'm doing or what I'm thinking to do, and kind of evaluate that, and then respond accordingly. And I think that's been in a positive manner. So, Res- the-
0: responding is is huge, and we talk about it in our program. But this applies to everybody. It can be that car that cuts you off in traffic, you know, and it's it's not responding to that. We're not necessarily saying like you know throwing your hands up at them or yelling at them through your car. So that's a response. But literally internally, not letting that bother you, Mm -hmm. not responding to that. Much like if the wind blows and it's a gust of wind, you don't say, whoa, it's really windy. It's just a gust of wind and it only lasts, you know, maybe three or four seconds and it's done. You don't respond to the gust of wind. Right. You, you know, you know what I'm yeah. saying. So when we talk about responses, sometimes people get those mixed up and they think, well, it's it's what I'm verbally saying or what my body language is. But responding is, you know, you get you get a choice if you want to respond to something or if you don't want to respond to something. You know, we talk about, um, you know, when you're cold, it's you're just cold. It's nothing more. You're just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Um, This this response thing applies to so many things in your in your life, and you know you can have somebody really complaining about something and you can it's pretty hard to tell them you you know you got to respond better just because naturally we're not really receptive to that as much sports it's easier I think people are more receptive to coaching than in the real world definitely
2: because at first you get that feeling right you can't really control the feeling at first like umpire gives you a bad call you know you're gonna be upset and like you can't just control to never be upset Mm -hmm but you can always control how you react. Right. And that's that's the part that I think people like, well, how am I supposed to control what I'm mm. thinking all the time? It's like, well, you can't control that initial thought, yeah. but you can always control how you react. And then I found the more you do that, the more your mind starts to turn into just not being a reactionary person. It's a muscle. Yeah. Like the, the other you stuff.
0: You know, even in, when I was coaching high school baseball, I I remember um, you know pretty vividly being at an event and having – a parent that was not super connected into the program that I was in, but was um, maybe had a child at a, a younger level and had watched our teams and said that I coached like I didn't care mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't yelling and screaming at kids and doing things. And I think at first it, p- it bothered me a little bit. Then I realized that that's a good that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if you screw up. Or if somebody messes up, it's um, feel like you know it, right? If you have a bad outing on the mound, do you know it? Yeah. Right? So does it help <clears throat> if I'm getting on you for having a bad outing and giving up, you know, Grand Slam after Grand Slam? No, I'm already pissed. So. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so that's that's that kind of thing where the more even you can stay, mm-hmm. the better off you're going to be as a player as a coach you know it's it's super important so then you don't end up riding those roller coasters of what what you talked about where the highs are really high and the lows i mean they're they're super low and i experienced a lot of those in coaching too because i at first was really coaching for a lot of the uh, different reasons you know and and it takes a little while to kind of figure out what's most important so we talked about mental performance is that the biggest difference for you this year
1: Yeah. So I would say mental performance definitely is the biggest difference for me this year, but I think within mental performance, it's just process, me sticking to my process, what works for me. And I said this to you, it was during an inner squad. We were having a one-on-one. I don't know if you remember or not, but I remember. You were asking me, how are things going for you? How do you feel on the mound? How do you feel like you're performing and how do you feel like You're in control of yourself, and I told you I haven't felt better. I haven't felt better. Um, This whole fall, I've never felt so in control of myself. And obviously, as we know, you can't be in control of your performance. You can't be in control of what the hitter does. You can't be in control of if you win. But if you're in control of yourself, and Mm -hmm. if you're in control of your process, and you're sticking to that process, you're going to make it a whole lot easier. So at least being consistent with that has been major for me. And I'd say that's definitely the most significant separator between me of this fall and me of even the summer or definitely me of last spring and just my whole freshman year.
2: How does it feel trying to go into the leadership role a little more on your sophomore year? It's a
1: little different, right? Yeah, so I had this conversation last year a little bit with Cut and Mo about trying to work on my leadership qualities. And as a freshman, it's an interesting kind of thing to go about. Because even at a JUCO, it's still interesting because you're you're not sure exactly where you stand because you haven't played any real games yet. What, you've played fall games, you've practiced, you've worked hard. And people see that, and that's important because you're not going to listen to someone who's going to tell you to do something if they're not doing what they're telling you to do. So that's something that I found effective because, I mean, you wouldn't tell me to do something that you wouldn't do, and I know that. And it's the same with you, Coach Cut. So I found that to be true, and now trying to continue and at least be able to be more prominent with my leadership qualities, I think— it's definitely a journey, but I'm working on it. And I think I'm more in control of the way of which I'm acting and at least setting an example and holding people accountable is something I think I've always been pretty good at. So I'm working on that, trying to stay consistent with that and just overall set the tone by bringing intensity, bring energy and bring accountability every day. And if, I know I can do that. I can at least help one person do that each and every day. So if I'm doing my part, I think it makes it easier for others to see that and do theirs. So it's definitely been on the upside of things, but it's definitely still a work in progress. And I think that that goes for a majority of people on the team and majority of people in general. So, Yeah. yeah, well spoken. And your leadership has been really good and
0: certainly love having you be a part of our team last couple years, even through the ups and downs, you you ask a lot of questions. And and I say, I believe that the people that ask a lot of questions are the people that remain curious and remain in that growth mindset, trying to learn about,
1: you know, whatever it might be. What's after this for you? So without a doubt, I plan to continue. So you're going to continue playing? Yeah, 100%. My athletic and academic careers at a four-year school. I thought you might announce a commitment right now. <laughs> we
2: bring out the hats.
1: <laughs> yeah. the if they were on the table, maybe you'd see. Okay. But um, yeah, so I'm open to a lot of things, but I know I want to continue playing baseball. It's, there's not a doubt in my mind. That okay, that's cool. You're going to come back and say hi to us when you leave? Of course. I mean, one of my goals is to be influential enough here to appear at a leadership next year or okay. the year after. So I like that. I know I want that to goal. happen. That's
0: so. that's called legacy. Yep. And you're gonna leave one regardless and why not leave a really influential, huge one versus right. the other side of it. So mm. really good stuff. I appreciate you coming on, getting outside your comfort zone a little bit and Coach Boyer, appreciate having you here. Until next time, thank you to all of our listeners for joining me today in the wlnz studios stay humble stay hungry go stars Coach Cut's Corner is recorded live in the WLNZ Studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by the Lowry. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it and follow us on all the platforms of social media. You can find more about our program at lccstars.com, and donations to our baseball program can be made at the same site. See you next time.